What's up, everybody? Joey Sauce, Conley Confidential. It's your chance to learn from a leader in the industry, Margaret Garcia from Grit PPO. You may remember her from her past appearances on our show and certainly from AOPC. Margaret, what's up? Winding the season down. Yeah. How was it? The summer, summer was definitely good. I spent a little of it internationally, so that was always good for me. And uh, phones have been busy, but consistent. Not as good as I think in past seasons. I think everybody's feeling a little bit of a downward trend. We've been talking about that in various networking groups. What do you think that is? Wow, I actually haven't paused to think of the reasons why. We're so caught up with what's contributing. I think people's spend is just different. Priority spending is just different. During the pandemic, you, you saw the trend of more residential people getting involved and getting pests under control in their house. I think that came from the fact that everybody was home. So you were home to experience all the pest issues that you didn't know because you would leave at 8 o'clock in the morning to go to work. You'd come back at 5 o'clock, so you'd miss swarms or just didn't bother you so much because you weren't there. And I think that we had that huge spike of people purchasing pest control. You're staying home and doing staycations. So then the ticket mosquito services were up and all that stuff. I think that everybody's spend is different now. Maybe as people are venturing back out of the house or traveling more, you're not caring about some of those issues that you made a priority that we saw in the past two years. I couldn't agree more. When I speak to some of my friends with their residential and they talk about it being down, I'm like, yeah, because the pandemic is essentially over. So the residential stuff is is going to slow down. It, it's a now couple the current inflation and economy and everybody, including us as business owners, is looking at every line item on their P&L. We know that we're looking to cut costs. What's funny, though, what we've seen, commercials picking up. Yeah. With people I going back, too. people going back to the office. We're getting the calls about dead water bugs. And you want to respond like, you're welcome. That's what we do. We always talk about that residential commercial shift. It's very real. And COVID certainly exposed that even more so than the, the last see, recession. See, I remember years ago, September was when people came back. They were up in the Catskills or out in the Hamptons. And they came back to their apartments or houses. And in September, in the beginning of October, we used to get a lot of calls. The thing now is there's just a feeling of uneasiness out there. I can't describe it, but everybody's waiting for something to happen. I think it has something to do with the money's going to be more expensive to get a hold of. It's just an air of uncertainty. It's also going to be interesting, and Margaret, you probably give a better timeline on this, but pre-COVID, September, October, for bed bugs between kids coming home from summer camp. From the colleges. Yeah, everybody was way more preventative bed bugs and casements, wanting to know what to be on the lookout for, or the kids leave for college and then they're coming home that first week and everybody's nervous about all the bags they're bringing home and stuff. But from a phone perspective, I have seen a change in the call scenarios where I do see a lot more commercial people being proactive, actually. And in pest control, we don't get a lot of that. We get a lot of reactiveness. They call when the issue's out of control or they call when they really have to because of the health department. But I do see a little bit of a trend of people being proactive. I have this office I'm opening. I have this going on. We need to make sure this is in place. I think that's a little bit of a change. It is. We've seen that when the offices are getting ready to reopen fully, that they want a full inspection of the entire building. <laughs> are you out of your mind? We've been yeah. coming the entire time. But the money is being spent to just give, from what we're understanding, is to give people coming back. Less to worry about. More reassurance. 
that yeah, it's, they want more reassurance for their employees coming back in that it's a safe environment, not even just from COVID related, but pest related and things like that. I think the pandemic has made employers way more human centric in how people are made to feel even just while at work. Yeah, I think too, we've done seminars for some of the biggest places. And I think we stressed IPM and being proactive and how you can deal with something. And I think when we put those on, people take a look at the pest control in a different light. So I think that has helped us out, especially in the commercial area. Yeah. Yeah, lots of people want to be educated now. They enjoy hearing. I mean, from us and obviously the way that we field phone calls or the flow of it, that consultive sales approach, teaching a little bit, people are very open right now to hearing about why their pest issue is the way that it is and what they can do to contribute to reducing the activity. Very yeah. open to hearing it. So we just spoke about how the big businesses are doing everything they can to reassure the people coming back to the workspace. And I'm sure we touched on some of this with the auto phone call, but on the phone, how do we handle those clients that need reassurance. Retention is obviously, especially as the season starts to wind down, everybody has retention happening at different times of the year, whether it's the commercial increases or the residential annual renewals going out at different times of the year. But I think that retention is the number one thing to focus on. They always talk about how expensive it is just to make the phone ring, just to get through the pay-per-click spend, and then you're trying to beat out the clicks, and then the phone rings, and what happens when it actually gets answered? It's so much money, time, and energy just to get the opportunity to get a potential sale. But to have your customers who already bought into your brand and believe in it, those are where your attention and your team's focus should always be, is doing anything to... Make sure that they see that that your brand cares about them, whether it's just check-ins. Residentially speaking, when your customers are about to expire annually, why not audit phone calls right before the renewal? Maybe 60 or 90 days. How are things going? How's, how's the service? Everything like your NPS scoring type calls, but to residential customers just before the renewal is about to go out. Because then it gives you the opportunity for anybody to express, oh, it's great, but... And then you can react on the butt. At the end of the day, residentially speaking, customers just want to see that you're working at solving their problems. So even when you have ongoing problems, as long as they see that you're working on it, they're not always just so quick to quit you just because they have an ongoing issue. It's about what you're doing about that issue. It's super important with your customer service team to make sure that you're empowering them to handle things right from the start because sometimes you only get that first phone call and somebody calls in to complain about something. Sometimes you don't get the potential to schedule an appointment to get a supervisor out there or a technician out there for the service. They're just calling in with that immediate vent. And so if you have the ability for your customer service team to have a couple of things that they can do to make somebody happy, it definitely helps strengthen that potential for that repeat revenue and that renewal. Yeah, keeping the customer for life. You had said that a customer who calls to complaint wants to be saved. Can we dive into that a little bit? To me, it's a basic rule of customer service. If I'm calling to complain about something, I usually already in my mind know as a customer, what is it going to take to make me happy? So basically, that's why it's super important for your customer service team to have a little bit of arsenal. It's kind of like when you go into a hotel and you complain about their room, right? That concierge is the one that says, I can comp you this. I can upgrade your room. I can make sure that little mints are left on your pillow. They know what they can do at their level to make this person happy so that it doesn't have to escalate to a manager. 
And so customers that call in are people that want to be saved. If they didn't want to be saved, they would just send in their renewal notice that says do not renew. And then you're left chasing them, trying to get them on the phone, trying to hear the reason why they don't want to renew it or why they're canceling their service. But if they're calling to complain, it's because they're taking the time and energy to, to want to express what makes them unhappy. And again, being on the other end of that receiving phone call, how you accept it and how you receive it is even more important, how you react to it. So it's like a cry for help. Right, exactly. That's huge. We spoke about our experience with the handyman in Las Vegas when we saw him. Whatever was wrong in the room, the shades didn't work. I don't even fully remember. And he was like, I'm terribly sorry to hear that. I'm going to put a request in. Can I give you $200? Food and drink voucher. We were like, yeah, thanks. And we didn't even think about what was wrong in the room anymore. It was, enough to, it was enough to exceed your expectation of what you thought would have make you happy. But some companies, the process for their customer service team is they hear a complaint, let me get this to a service manager. And then it becomes a message relay. That doesn't help the customer feel heard or feel like their issue is getting taken care of. As consumers right now, they even have a low threshold for that. They call in, they want the resolution right then and there. They don't want to have to transfer. I know when I call into a company and I express discontent with something and now you have to transfer me, I'm already upset I have to repeat myself because I, I gave it my best shot at my complaint in the first five minutes of this call. That's yeah. where all the energy and the emotion is. And now I've got to like transfer and relive the whole conversation again. That even sometimes upsets me more as a consumer that I have to repeat myself. Oh. I also expect the representative that I just complained to to repeat my issue and the person to pick up to just pick up and say, oh, Miss Garcia, I heard you were upset about X, Y, Z, and we're ready to take this conversation forward. But that doesn't happen a lot too. And all of those interactions on the phone and how we interact with people count so much. I just had a very similar experience, but for everybody out there listening, all of this can be found at the art of the phone call.com. The webinar that we did with Margaret is now on demand. You can sign up for it. And while you're learning here right now, you will continue to learn on that webinar, the art of the phone call.com. So my experience recently with exactly what you're talking about, I was calling to adjust the room blocks for pest world and exactly what happened i gave my best shot and then i get transferred and the person says can i help you i'm like i don't know what did the person that transferred me to you tell you oh they just transferred me i was like that's horrible you don't have notes don't you have a note system you're a huge company and it was a horrible customer service experience it took 40 minutes for them to do what really should have been done in five they didn't have the knowledge that you provided with Colony Confidential on the art of the phone call. But also, as I'm thinking back 30 years ago. Uh, you could think back that far? Yeah. Not <laughs> every person is worth saving. I came in one morning and I said, this woman's been on the phone wanting to talk to you. I said, what's the problem? She wants to be done at 7 in the morning. She's complaining. A guy got there at 5 to 7. She told him come back at 7. And he got back at 5 after 7. I'm like, how much are we getting off of? $25. Give me the phone. A voice like talking down to you. So I told listen, it's pretty obvious we can't satisfy your needs. What exactly does that mean? It means you got to get another exterminator. You're firing me? I go, man, we're just letting you find somebody else because we don't want to deal with you anymore. And that was it. So we missed $25 a month. Another woman, somebody called in sick, so I think on a Saturday. I'm doing this apartment, and a woman's saying about her husband's no good, and they're getting a divorce. And So I said, I can't spray. I can't spray in the baby's room. I want to spray. I said, well, I can't do it. 
Anyway, I get back. Monday, there's a call that her child is sick because the guy that was there sprayed the baby's room. So I told listen, I'm going to have a team go up there. They're going to swab the baby's room, and they'll see if there's anything. Oh, I cleaned it already. I said, listen, I was the guy that was there. I didn't spray your baby's room. You were yelling at me because I didn't spray it. I'm all upset over my divorce. I go, don't take it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, just, the moral of those two stories is, is that you have to be able to fire customers. Sometimes it's just not a good fit. They're unrealistic. It also goes to managing expectations in the beginning of a phone call. And on that first phone call with a good rep, they should be able to know. And there's certain flags that you can put in your CRM where you red flag somebody. We, I would say over the course of the past two years, we've created in our management software. As soon as you open up when the person calls, it says we will not be able to service this person. And they, they still call, which is comical. But yeah. the team knows, oh, I see in our system that you were very unhappy and it says that we no longer have a relationship and I want you back. But it just doesn't make sense. It costs you more money. And somebody that can never be satisfied is not a good customer. Yeah, you definitely have customers that, again, you know that you're happy that they cancel, right? Like you said, it just wasn't a situation where you can make them happy and they're unreasonable. But knowing exactly what they're expecting out of you, extracting that, what would it take? What what are the real issues? And then being able to make that decision from a business standpoint is the power that you want from extracting. Why are you looking to cancel? All of those opportunities of hearing from consumers why they're canceling, even your accounts that have canceled, making outbound calls to them, obviously for retention efforts, but more so to collect why did you cancel is super valuable so that you can make those business decisions. A hundred percent. And the key is to getting all that information as quickly as possible to yes, get them off the phone, right? which Margaret, I'm, I dare say you're a master at it. And. You can learn all this at a phone call. But call control is a part of that. It's a, huge, it's a huge part of it. We're in an industry, pest control just in general, massive call volume. There's other industries that are like that. It's hard to find industries where it's a mix of heavy call volume, emotionally driven phone calls. There's industries that have all of those types of call types, but we've got highly emotional phone calls, high call volume, the expectation to be in a transactional call center environment, meaning you're building rapport in a short amount of time. Most customer service teams don't really even focus on the amount of time that they're on the phone. Their reps are just there for 12 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes on pest control phone calls. And I could say from doing this for many years, it doesn't need to be that long. You could still extract the same amount of information, have the same rapport building, happy customer or upset customer that you are trying to handle in a shorter time frame. With we were just talking earlier about words of brain food and how you can basically control a conversation with the right words and you could also destroy a conversation with the wrong words yeah absolutely if you're getting on like can't do this we don't do that then it's going to be another five minute conversation of the customer's response versus this is what i can do this is how i can handle it for customer service reps they also might not be the end they might not be the one that makes the managerial decisions on certain service related things but this is what i can do i can send this email the customers like i've already called i've spoken to somebody three times nobody's called me back i can escalate it one more time i can there's always something that you can do i think that we're also on the cusp when it comes to customer service and just being on the phones in general making it more a part of our training policies to replace negative words with positive words and I know that lots of industries do this, but just being on the phone, you want to start replacing negative words with positive ones. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So 
what's coming up next with grit and you what's coming up we've got lots of more fun things coming up i think that have also birthed from talking about customer service whether it be at the pennsylvania conference whether it be the art of the phone call where we see the want for our industry to talk about this part of the business and even i see coming up in pest world a great track on customer service and things like that most people consider the customer service part of it like the actually being on the phone calls not just customer service the way you service customers but for great we've got a lot of things that are geared toward that we're looking at building a community environment and slack interactive chatting ability to have everybody from within the industry talk about things customer service pest related customer service and just feedback on hot button keywords or what's going on the phones and just have a community where people can have that like-minded experience of what happens in the front lines of pest control being on the phones they certainly are the front lines i always said to myself you got to be half a psychiatrist with some of these people Oh, it's a mix. It's a mixed job. You're doing therapy. You're doing house management. I've had you've had people call in emotionally upset, and you're talking them down off the ledge, and it's right. not that bad. And then you're scheduling an appointment, and it's oh, can you call my so and so to find out what time works for them? <laughs> and then can you call this person and get the payment for it because my husband has the credit card. It's three yeah. three different jobs all into one. But it is, like you said, it's the front lines and the training, the training for those team members. You need to make sure that you have a training track for all of them. We do, rightfully so, focus so much on the level of service that that people are getting, right? Because you want to resolve their pest issues. You want to focus on what the technicians are using and what they're doing. But customer service reps want to be trained and just as much pest knowledge and just as much call control and just as much, I hear so much venting from customer service reps in our industry that get frustrated with not being able to actually help the customer. And that's a great sign of an employee, somebody who actually gets frustrated that they can't carry it through all the way to the very end because they're limited in either protocols or knowledge or processes. It's definitely a good sign of an employee that wants to help that customer from start to finish. We talk about training and everything like that. We have incorporated the three webinars for the art of the phone call into all of our customer service specialist training. So it's something that we're using. Everybody's taking it as part of their six-week training for customer service. And even having to manage it. And that's why we made it available for everyone in the industry. Not only is it geared towards pest, yes, but any service industry can learn from it. So there are people that are taking the calls. Even Ed, yeah. even this guy. No, I've always been a charmer. As the industry evolves, you got to stay current. But I can see this out of the phone call. That's your first, I'm, I'm going to be very basic about it. That's your first avenue to make money. That's when you got them on the phone. They're listening to you. This is a new customer. You want to sound like you're competent. want to listen a little bit to what their problem is and don't interrupt them. Once they're done telling you their problem, then you can tell them how you can solve it in a knowledgeable manner. I wouldn't necessarily let them get it all out because that doesn't contribute to your call control. <laughs> it's like double dutch. You have to know when's the right time to interject in a way. Otherwise, you're there on that 24-minute phone call. Right. You mentioned the open-ended and close-ended questions. Absolutely. That helps you keep that, that tennis ball going back and forth where consumers or the client feels like they're a part of the conversation, but really you're the one kind of controlling it. So you can control what it, what it ends as well. But 
again, only extracting the useful information that you need because people insert lots of different things, like like you just said, about their divorce, about this, about that, all things that aren't contributing to me getting a technician out to your house because you still have an ongoing issue. So anybody that wants to go there to take it to the next level, we've made it accessible for you. And the website is theartofthephonecall.com, or as Ed would say, the art of the phone call. Not a D H E, it's a T H E. Jeez. Anyway, it's. And he went to college. He went to college. Theartofthephonecall.com. You learned some things here today, certainly. At Art of the Phone Call, there's a ton more to learn. Yeah, I think it's a great it's great that you started incorporating it into your training. I think that looking at the end of it and it as a whole, it's it really appeals to every stage of your career that you're at. And when it comes to customer service, either in the very beginning, it helps set the right tone. We talk about how to build a proper call flow for your team and the conceptual idea of how they're going to be answering the phones. And it's also great refreshers to go back to. Like this time of the year, even for my own team, it's the stress levels were high all summer long. You create bad habits just out of trying to get off the phone you lose your scripting you lose your hot button keywords and this is a great time to regroup with your team and have that kind of that chin check because your call flows get diluted and sometimes you think you're saying it the right way but you've morphed it into something else that didn't realize it so it's also great to come back to at the end of the season and and say oh i did stop saying that or i did stop using those words listen at the end of the day it all comes down to communication yeah so Thank you again, Margaret Garcia from Grit PPO, star of the art of the phone call. We appreciate you coming on and being a supporter of ours. Margaret, always good talking to you. Thanks for the education today. <laughs> and we look forward to seeing you up in Boston. Uh, yep, can't wait to see everybody. Thank you, guys. Mr. and Mrs. American All the Ships at Sea, this is Ed Sheen for Colin Confidential. Till we meet again. God bless you. What happened to that part? He's got religion. See? Now I'll say it. (laughs) Until we meet again. God bless you. What's up, everybody? Joey Saucer. Do you want the cheat code to have happy customers? Make sure you go and sign up for Auto the Phone Call. We call it AOPC. It's your chance to learn from the leader in this space, Margaret Garcia from Grip PPO. Her team answers hundreds of phone calls every day for companies large and small, and she's teaching you the key secrets to closing sales on the phone, handling your customer complaints, and getting it all done in less time. Make sure to go visit us at theartofthephonecall.com.